0: Welcome to the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, hit the like button, or any subscribes. It really helps us with the algorithms. Santa Cruz Coffee Break is produced by the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum. All opinions are those of the speakers. We invite you to join us on the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at SCGCPF for more fun. Now, let's get on with this installment of Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Greetings, everybody. We'd like to welcome you to the 39th podcast of the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum. And today we bring back Richard Hoover again for a a new uh, enlightenment period. And um, we want to talk about a couple of things, but mostly we'd like to talk about, we'd like to have Richard tell us what he looks for in an employee or a prospective apprentice or something like that and uh, welcome Tad. I see Tad's outside. It's a, a, a beautiful, a rainy day here in Monterey, which we couldn't be happier about. Yeah, The dog's unhappy, but we're doing great.
1: <laughs> well, I'm at the dog park, and I can tell you all the dogs are very happy.
2: <laughs> so uh, so that, that's, that's a, a really, really broad question. Do you want to start at any particular uh, loose end of that, or just let me run? Um,
0: yeah, just let you run. I mean, it, it it it. People come at you probably from different ways. Mm-hmm. Some some call you on the phone. Some probably write you letters. Some probably just show up with their sleeping bag. But yeah. well, kind
1: of- and Richard, it might be it might be interesting ahead. to hear the historical perspective as well. I mean, just because I would imagine finding people with the skills to build a guitar. 30 years ago was probably considerably more difficult than it is today with the schools and such that are opening. So um, some of your historical perspective on this would be really fun too.
2: Um, uh, I appreciate that, Tad. And I bet that's a lively discussion amongst um, uh, both um, you know people that, that run teams of luthiers and people looking for individual apprentices. Um, and uh, it could b- go both ways, you know, and there could be a, quite a whine about uh, the, um, uh, the uh, loss of, of uh, uh, mechanical reasoning and talents that people used to learn in school and at home. Uh, and I'll just tie that in to this. Uh, so, yeah, I do have a really long, uh, you know, decades-long experience in, in uh, both evaluating people to come work with us, Uh, as a team um, uh, and the experience of what worked out over time. So let's start with the commonality, you know, what I'm always looking for, no matter what era. And those things are, uh, you know, probably pretty obvious. They're, um, uh, you know, teachable heart, uh, somebody that um, asks questions because they want to know the answers rather than the people that ask questions because they want to tell you the answers. Um, uh, you know, which is the bane of anybody trying to teach anything, Um, uh, you know, a a passion in moderation uh, for what we're doing, Um, Mm -hmm. rather than somebody just looking for, you know, another job or something um, as a distraction that somebody wants to invest in this. I really, I've always preferred to take on somebody that's career-minded, because there's a lot more options to uh, work with or you can go more in-depth teaching and look for a longer return on it. But I can also deal with shorter term people and I've done both of those. And then finally, um, that, uh, uh, to find out if I can meet their expectations and uh, hopefully their expectations are reasonable. So one of the things that, that I make sure we talk about right away is what we, what we do and what we don't do. Uh, we're not a school. Uh, we're, we're, we're not a program for getting a master's in lutherie. Um, however, uh, uh, this could have changed, but we were the only uh, company of any size that allowed people the Uh, trajectory to learn the whole process of guitar making, so it could be a side benefit of working here that you could become a master luthier but that's not the that's not our promise going forward. So there's a whole lot of stuff that's always been true. But if we went back 30 years, as you said, um, I was looking for people with demonstrable and measurable skills in uh, mechanical reasoning, uh, uh, making something. You know whether it was models or framing houses or whatever something that where they'd already learned uh, the basics and we could begin teaching them the fundamentals of Lutheran and go up from there and today um, I'm going to say you know of course we're speaking in broad generalizations um, I cannot interview somebody with those expectations I have to uh, uh, start with the assumption that they're going to learn those things here and you can well imagine the burden that puts on us as a company that we're no longer developing skilled people to make guitars. We're developing the basic skills to make anything before we teach them how to make guitars. So I'm going to pause there. I've got a lot more, but there's a good start.
0: It's uh, um, that that that's a very organic transition. Um, mm-hmm it really is it really is um and it it, i'm sure there's a lot that come with just stars in their eyes absolutely you know Mm -hmm. and then that diamond in the rough might be the cabinet maker you know Uh or that's right you know that's beautiful
2: yeah are the are the uh you know are the apprentice jeweler or the person that's whose father made prosthetic Uh, uh, limbs, (laughs) something, anything that gave them a chance to work with uh, uh, their God-given hand-to-eye coordination and the development of practice and skills. And those are two different things. Um, And uh, uh, somebody coming in, you know, as I refer to this, your God-given ability to coordinate your hand-to-eye to to do really fine work. And we're not all blessed with that. You know, some people have other skills and talents and this kind of work will drive them insane. Um so that has to be sorted out pretty quickly you,
0: you you've got to find somebody that can can stay on something
2: That's right, and it used to be um... I'm really cautious about this. You know, back in the day, um, uh, the focus used to be more on people that had already proven that before they came in here, and they those people still exist, but but the but the uh, it's it's a diluted labor pool. There's there's so relatively smaller percentage of people that have those kind of skills. Uh, we have to take a chance more often. So I, I go back to the fundamentals of, of uh, you know, character, honesty, teachable heart, willingness, um, engagement. Um, and we have a special uh, challenge. And I always go over this with people, and I tell them that it's not the they don't have to give me the right answer. They have to give themselves an honest answer. Is um, uh, doing your best is a, a a cool concept, but are you willing to do that every day? you know, um, eight hours a day uh, and doing your best as a, uh, uh, the, the old homily as a reward in itself, uh, rather than withholding your best because the man doesn't deserve it, let's say, um, that is what's necessary to reach our quality level. And our quality level is such that um, it, uh, it, it, it goes against the grain of most uh, manufacturing wisdom. Most quality is attained by either a reward or threat. Um, I'll pay you better if you do a good job or I'll kill you if you don't. Um, and both of those have their limits, right? You only go so far with that. The only way to get the quality that we're looking for is by the personal engagement of the person working that they wanna see the final product come out of some, something they'd be really proud with and they really enjoy having achieved mm-hmm. that as a team. That's not for everybody because that requires communication, uh, uh, self critique, um, uh, um, correction uh, of the process in communicating to others. And the realization that it's not personal Uh, The problems that may appear could be to a a setting that got knocked off or a bit that's dull and it only shows up in the next process. And since it's not one person working the whole guitar, that has to be communicated back and forth without a sense of retaliation um, or uh, uh, payback or uh, whatever us humans like to do to each other. Um, And that's hard, you know, that is... um, Uh, that not only requires a lot of effort on my part, but it it also requires getting people that can first understand that and and find that uh, desirable. Sorry to make it so complicated, but there you go.
0: (laughs) No, I I, I don't think it's complicated at all. You know, in a prior life, I have some pretty strong background in photography. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we were always concerned about when we were looking 15 years ago at people coming out of of school was that they didn't have that hand-eye coordination because everything they do is on the keyboard you know mm -hmm. where they would stand in a dark room you know and they would expose a piece of photosensitive paper and then they would have to wait three minutes you know? And in the meantime, they're standing there, and, you know, and they can't really do anything. They can listen to music, but they have to stand there. And, you know, and it's, it's a hand-eye thing versus just, and they're up and they're moving around and your body's works better it, when it's moving around mm-hmm. than when it's sitting in a chair. It's just, it's just, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's amazing that, that you're now seeing the results of that.
2: I, uh, I have great sympathy and tolerance and as much patience as I could muster for this transition, uh, because I come from there. And I've, I've, I've used this anecdote before, but it really fits well right here. Um, you know, as a young man, uh, uh, I, I had such a, you know, a perspective of self, uh, you know, a, a specialness or whatever, that I seriously thought that practice was for people that weren't as smart as me. That, you know, if I just applied myself, I get it right away. It's willpower, not, you know, not practice. And it wasn't until I got good at some things that I realized uh, that, oh, if you do something over and over again, you can actually get good at it. How about that? Maybe that's what they meant by practice. And um, we're, you know, we're in a day and age of instant gratification. You just mentioned that, um, you know, and I've become like that. We all have, you want results, you know, you don't want to have to go through a, a navigational maze to get your information. You want it now, you want to press a button and, and move on. And this is a process that goes back to a time when, um, let's say, you know, we go back several generations and people might've made like a dozen decisions a day seriously. Yeah. You know, in their daily life, they might have made a dozen decisions. And today, um, uh, you know, on average, hundreds, you know, for some people, thousands, uh, we're busy little beavers, you know, and we want, we don't want to stick around and wait for something to happen. Um, There's not an app for being a luthier. So this isn't a complaint about the people, mind you, I want to be very clear about this. We're dealing with the same uh, quality of human being, the same you know, uh, fears and hopes that we always have. We're just starting from um, an earlier point on that. And it makes the process more time consuming. And there's a lot more gamble involved in investing in a person to train them.
1: Hmm. Well, and you've also had, um some very kind of key employees that have been with you for a long time and really understand that philosophy and and are right there in line with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think that helps with the consistency. I guess I'm surprised. I guess I assumed that with the various Luthery schools and everything else that had been open, that it would probably be easier to find a new employee. But I guess maybe what I'm taking from what you're saying is that They have to learn your way and your philosophy and your techniques. And it may be easier to start with a ball of clay than something that's already been made into a teapot.
2: Well, that's great, Chad, I love the perspective. Here's one thing to put into that. Um, You know, There's uh, several schools around the world, but uh, of the three major ones in the US, uh, uh, what, what do you think they turn out? Maybe 90 prospective luthiers every half a year or something like that. And uh, in the past, there was a kind of a cultural paradigm of, um, okay, you go, you work for somebody, get your chops down, and then you go out on your own. It's the old apprenticeship system, right? I'll work for somebody else, I'll, I'll learn what they know, and then I'll have a foundation because I know better and I'll change the world. That was me. Um, uh, Today, people graduating from school don't have to find somebody across the country and go uh, uh, experience arcane knowledge. They can go on the internet and find uh, methodology, instruction, um, connection with most people around the world. So there's no reason for them to think they have to spend their time in an apprenticeship or working for another person. They can go right to the goal, right? Um, And you see that, and I don't dismiss anybody that succeeded in that, or anybody that's even tried and failed. You know, I'm an impatient guy, I would have done that. So imagine this, you know, you could go to a school or why don't even skip that. You know, um, uh, the problem is we don't, have our, we don't have the high school or the junior high wood shop where you learn your basics. But, but, but given, you know, putting that aside, you could go online and you can learn how to build a guitar. You can buy everything needed. Uh, you can buy the tools and you can skip the, uh, the geometry involved and try to figure out how to uh, bend a radius back and make it come out without dips and lumps in it because it's all there. Right. You don't have to learn these things the hard way. So why not? If you, you know, if you're of means, um, you can buy the tools, you can buy the materials, if you or a friend can do a website, and you can make um, a credible guitar and why not again if you have that gift of hand eye coordination and and the willingness, um, you could probably do an instrument after let's say five, six, seven, and be in the world market seriously. Um, uh, it really helps if you have on your CV that you worked with Irvin Samoji, or you worked with Richard Hoover, or you work with uh, uh, somebody else, because that'll open doors for you and give you credibility. But it's, it's, uh, there's a real shortcut, and I'm going to say this to any aspiring luthier right now, um, uh, you first, you got to deliver, you got to do your stuff and it can't be a sound port or an arm bevel that's already been done. It has to be fundamental, super quality and super great sound and super playability. But if you can do that and you can, if you can get listed in North American guitar uh, or something like that, uh, you're there, you don't need me.
0: <laughs> it's uh, in surfing, what, what, what's happened is they all want to be big wave riders. You know, they all want to have the, 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 the glory of it. And if you think about getting on an 80 foot wave and then having it fall on top of you, it, 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 it's day changing. And it's, it's a thing that has to, you have, to have that, you have to have the experience, you have to have the knowledge. And what happens is these guys get a big board, they stumble into the lineup and they get four feet down and they fall and they live and they're heroes they're now on the tour uh-huh. you know that's, and it's like great. yeah you know you, you're just it, it's wrong because there's no well, respect for what they're doing
2: well you know Richard we're those people we, we just happen to be you know like uh, uh uh four and a half decades beyond that but um I was that guy as a young man and I'm serious um, I I I was ready, and I and I did start my own university. I would have gone and tried out for the Tour de France. You know, there was nothing that I thought I couldn't do from willpower alone. You know, I chose guitar making as my creative expression in this, and that path took me. You know, <laughs> a long time to get there. But if I could have seen. A, a faster, easier way, I would have taken it in a heartbeat, because at the time, I felt exceptional and deserving of those those kind of um, rewards. Today, I know better, and this is the difference between uh, the cleverness of youth and the wisdom of experience, um, that you know what's in front of you, but there's an easier path to it than the way I I did it now. So of course, this is all about hiring people. How do you get people to come work for you? But this is a huge part of the paradigm because I cannot even get a chance to talk to some people that would be great. Would greatly benefit from working uh, with us for some years before they went off on their own. Uh, but uh, how do you, you know, how do you educate people on that? How do you get that word across? I don't know how to yet. I'd like to.
0: Hmm that's that's a that 's a challenge
2: it's it is it's, it's a it's challenge big. it's it's um it, it requires it, you know first and foremost what it requires is some resiliency and the and the uh, uh the burning desire to stay relevant and you know most of us fail as oldsters because we don't stay relevant we don 't pay attention to the changing changes that are going on around us and we try to make uh, 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 round hole, round pegs, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get it anymore. And we try to make it work like the old ways. So today, rather than fight all this, I know what I'm up against. But to run a business like this today uh, requires so much more uh, than it did even a couple of decades ago. And that, that's a whole discussion in itself. Uh, but right now talking about uh, uh, you know the acquisition and the training of an employee that will work as a team member for a, enough time that you can amortize the cost of training takes more and more and more effort and it's a real it's really a threat to our way of uh, of guitar making and and it'll be replaced by something else you know that's where you stay relevant what is that Did I knock you off your chair sorry well
1: yeah you, to some degree you did i mean that's um <laughs> The perspective of um youth versus age experience versus knowledge um i mean you're throwing a lot of things out there that are really really interesting um i know from I, I i'm not a wood i'm not a luthier i do some woodworking and i know that the difference between some of the things i see on youtube and on the internet and the things that you hear when the machine is running, or feel when the tool is going through mm-hmm. the wood, yeah. or whatever else, none of those things are ever going to come across in in the highest quality audio video experience ever. Amen. You just have to do it, and and until you get those kinds of feelings and experiences, I, I just yeah, that's uh, wow. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Ted, that's
2: that's really beautifully put um, the you know the the old system of apprenticeship is long gone you know we don't have the time patience nobody can pay for that uh, kind of uh, um, uh, knowledge, how do you inculcate those very things that you're talking about? And I do it every day. But what I have to know is I can't be angry or resentful that a young person doesn't think to tell me that the machine they work on every day is starting to growl um, uh, or be different or, or they have to uh, push hard or whatever, because there's no experience there for cause and effect. And there's no alarm that goes off uh, where I walk through the room or you walk through the room and you go, I better check that that belt or that pulley or that bearing in a hurry, Or the tools gonna be out or somebody's gonna get hurt, right? So um, there's another, there's another, uh, <laughs> we just peeled another layer of the onion there. There's a responsibility to make sure people are safe and stay healthy in this and not be uh, uh, damaged by their lack of uh, knowledge. <laughs> Sorry, I really took
1: off <laughs> yeah that's a whole other thing is 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 working with employees again not not in necessarily luthery or or woodworking viewpoint, but you will find that there are people who want to cut corners um, would be me. No, matter, no matter how how often you tell somebody not to do something because it 's not safe or because they might hurt themselves they have a feeling that, uh, oh, well, that applies to everybody else. I mean, I can get away with it. And when you're working with machinery and tools and and dangerous stuff, um, that kind of an attitude is not just dangerous to that one person, it's dangerous to everybody. Um, It's, and it's, it's kind of scary, because some of those people you can't train out of that. Um, You kind of Well, Mm -hmm. I I know I've had to let people go and, you know, just kind of with the assumption that someday something terrible is going to happen to them. And that's when they'll learn. Um, But I can't afford to have it happen with me.
2: That's that's you're right on the button. Um, I think this is kind of important as a message to anybody that's thinking of scaling beyond working themselves and working with other people. Um. Uh, you know, you know very well how uh, success, books about success are written. Uh, you look into a success and you reverse engineer and make it look like you did it on purpose, right? So, um, in 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 working with people to make something, here's something you can absolutely count on. Um, no matter how well you establish, establish standards of procedure and directions on how to do something, uh, once you step way all of us humans will do two things we'll look for a quicker way to do it and we'll add process to correct for problems that we perceive right so as a business you will suffer it taking longer to do what you did what you used to do by yourself and you'll wonder why and that's where it comes from it's people's good intentions to improve the process or to correct for something that happened upstream, let's go back to the dull bit. You know, This thing is not fitting the way it used to, so I'll make a little jig and fixture that allows me to align it, put it together and make it work. Uh, the bit could be changed, but you've added that process uh, that, that, that item to your SOP or your standard procedure permanently and you increase the time. Multiply that by 20 people by a year and all of a sudden you're losing money and you wonder why. Um, because you haven't stuck or you haven't kept people accountable to those standards of procedures. Now balance that with this. You want those people to be able to put in new ideas for improvements that you can uh, vet, test out apply and be better, better, better at doing your business. So you better have a structure to take in those ideas, suggestions, and informations and test them out and implement them so that they can participate. But you also got to let them know, don't you ever change something on your own. You
1: like that? That that one's hard, yeah, no. That, Sound familiar?
2: Uh, yeah, well, people, that's- People, that's, people uh, seem
1: to think they're really smart if they can figure out a way to fix a problem without letting you know when we, we, reality- that is us. No, no, that no. no. You got to yeah. let
2: me know. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> what, what I'm doing, it, it, they may sound like a diversion or a rabbit hole, but that's tying directly into uh, both getting people to come to work, training them, and having them be, you know, contribute to the uh, team effort. And if if somebody's not not willing to follow that and understand why, it's going to be a problem. know, it'll be a problem. And you know, of course, I cannot do all of it myself, because, you know, I have a pretty, pretty big wheel to turn here, and make sure uh, everything works. So I have to inculcate that information, uh, not only to the luthiers, but I got to teach that to the managers, and have them understand the the nature of that. So I'm thinking about when I make a hire, how successful are we going to be to get that person to, to buy into the um what's best for the group rather than the individual
1: well yeah and we've been talking about primarily luthiers and people who are building the guitars but you have a, a whole other kind of team of people that it takes to run a company uh and that mm-hmm. same approach has to apply across the board uh, and everybody has to understand what your goals are and what the, the hopes and desires and, and attitude and philosophy and um all that um Nah, I mean, just it's, like- it's,
2: it's much. I don't want to scare anybody away, Ted. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's much yeah. easier than that. You know, you come in, you have a cup of tea, and you sit at your bench. And when you get, when you really feel like it, that's when you work on the guitars. You know, when you don't feel like it, you don't because your heart's not in it, right? And uh, eventually you finish the guitar, send it to the customer if they're still there and life is good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I, I can imagine the frustration because having on a couple of tours of the shop, I've seen the, um, should we call it the reject pile? The ones that because a tool slipped, because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, something happened and, and, you know, you're looking at it from, you know, 15, 20 feet away. And it's like, oh, my God, that's got to be salvageable. It's so beautiful. And, and you're like, that's nope, it, it's not right. You know, and that's all there is to it. And that's got to be hard if you have an employee, because I mean, I would feel horrible if I got a guitar, you know, that far along and suddenly the, the bit in the router slipped or uh, the clamp on the guide wasn't quite tight enough and, and something just got off a little bit. That's got to be a horrible feeling.
2: Well, you know, that's a key. That's very much a key, Tad. I don't want anybody to feel bad about anything, but I do want people to be motivated to do better by finding uh, things like that really unpleasant and they'd like to avoid. So let's just talk in general about a workplace and the management of a workplace. If people don't know the consequences of their failures and there's no accountability, it's just something else during the day, you break it or you don't, you know, and you move on with that. That's where, for our quality control, people have to be each one personally engaged in what they do. And that's that's a real, that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort uh, and a lot of love, frankly, to work with people and ensure that.
1: That's a skill that I think uh, um, is not a lot of managers or bosses have gotten down very well i think that's one of the problems with so many uh, businesses um is accepting the humanity of employees and, and of situations and um learning to to cope with it in a reasonable way
2: boy fun <laughs> <laughs> you know so i didn't know this stuff uh 20, 30, 40 years ago, uh, it's all progressive. I learn as I go. And I, I promise you, you know, in the next 70 years, I'll really get this down. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I'm finding as I get older, more and more, I feel like, uh, you guys will understand it in another 10 or 20 years.
2: <laughs> th- isn't that true, Ted? I mean, I, I, I have to have this conversation with people sometimes. It's like, you know, I, I can say, I got empathy for why you did this. I understand I would have done it too, but these are the lessons you got to learn to work here. And if, you're, and if you don't, aren't learning them, I'd prefer you go someplace else and learn these basics and then come back and work for us. And that goes back to our hiring. It's hard to find people that have had that experience uh, and can come in uh, both knowing how to work and the cause and effect of their actions. It's not how good a reason they have for not performing, to expectations, it's how often they perform to expectations that they actually get paid for. Guys sound like somebody's father.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, before we get to you kids get off my lawn, um, how (laughs) is my job doing? (laughs) what's going on at the shop what's new and exciting we okay. I, I mean are we getting closer you think to being able to get together in person and and being able to to do a podcast from the shop and and yeah, show and people what's that. going
2: on i'll do that I'm, I'm sorry i interrupted let's finish no no
1: i just I, I, I how how is things going how soon are we going to be able to like all get together and and party you think i think we'll make it by
2: christmas Well, luckily, we can speak in shorthand on this because we've all been through the same experience and many, many times. Uh, You know, last uh, uh, August, uh, we were over it and we were done and we were ready to get back to normal and Omicron came and changed everything. Before that, it was Delta. So as the shop, we've tried to keep a stasis. uh, you know, we're still wearing masks, we're distancing, we run our HEPA filters, we take precautions, we wash our hands. Um, the news that, that comes to us is, as you well know, is not health and safety, it's, it's tempered or polluted by economy. And so when the city tells us oh, relax, do this, go to restaurant, and so forth. It's, you know, it's a day later than we weren't supposed to do that. I'm not confused. I understand the, the, the moving target of science with this. So we are, uh, we're not giving tours yet. Um, we're not on a normal schedule, if we ever will be. And uh, um, I don't plan on exhibiting at the NAM show because of that reason that comes in June. Uh, and we're still not doing... Big events. Uh, will we do that by the first of the year? Oh God, I, I pray that we will. You know, this is hard, and, and it's wearing, and it's it's uh, it's an assault on our spirit right now that we can't maintain our relationships uh, from getting together. Um, yeah, I really here's my target, and it's all self-serving. I really, really want to go to Woodstock in October to get together with my other antique uh, uh, Luthiers and uh, see what's new in the Luthiers Invitational. That's a real nourishing thing for me. And I haven't been able to do it for a couple of years. Uh, There's there's friends that I I really feel close to that I've known for almost 30 years around the world. And I may never see them again now that the international show in, in Frankfurt is all but died right there's no commonality to bring us all together so you could bet i'm really really motivated long answer there the short one is i have no idea what what's uh, in store here and but we're ready <laughs> we're ready when it is
1: ah yes no it would be so nice to to put some of this stuff behind us and i don't know i mean we may never get back to normal it's hard to say uh we may just have to adjust to a new normal
2: well, adapt- adaptability, resilience. Um, I've been to a restaurant a few times, you know, oh. uh, and that was really, really big. And, you know, my situation, I've got, uh, you know, immediate family, immunocompromised, you know, I got to be really careful in mm. what I do. And, um, uh, uh, and, and I can do more than I used to. So, uh, you know, gratitude for the small things.
1: Yeah, we, we actually have been to restaurants three or four times, but we have only eaten outdoors. Uh, and that works fine for me, you know, as long as the weather stays nice. But boy, uh, when we get back to the it. heavy rainy season, I'm sure hoping we can.
2: Yeah, that, that sky behind you is really unusual, you know, because we've had like what, 28 days of like perfect weather. Man, yeah. I'm spoiled.
1: Yeah, no, we're we're getting just enough water that I have a few raindrops, but uh, it's not going to do anything for us. Um, yeah, that, the whole drought situation is something else that we don't, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, you know, I never expected to be a cotton top in the end times. I thought I'd either be uh, young and could run faster than most people, or I'd be long gone before weird stuff like this started to happen, so. <laughs> <laughs> so off we go well i can give you some uh bright spots which you're which Ooh, yes you're please asking for. so um you know, the, the realities of running a business is this: this stuff we're talking about—the challenges of having to train people longer, train them in more things, get less efficiency—all that has to be balanced out with something else to make it work. Because I can't change uh, the culture, I can't change uh, human beings. I've got to work with what I have. So here's a here's a great one: um, is we. Still do nitrocellulose lacquer because I believe it's part of the, um, uh, it's part of the things that accumulate to give us the quality and the sound that we do. So I can defend the use of nitrocellulose. It's fussy. It takes a lot of skill, and if you want to really do it right, you should let it cure um, uh, after application for oh, you know pick pick a ridiculous number uh, thirty days even longer uh, six weeks. So uh, for for yeah you know, for people not into manufacturing, imagine this. Um, you build uh, sixty guitars and you put them on a shelf. And even though they move, you still have to invest in that sixty guitars on a shelf. So in essence, you bought all that work and you parked it permanently. That's a lot of money, right? Uh, but that's what it takes to do a right uh, a right guitar to have that much cure. So right. We've uh, you know we've looked at other systems, uh, polyurethane, UV, and so forth. But anything that took us away from nitrocellulose was was compromising our our our, you know, our uh, fierce devotion to ultimate quality, and we stayed with it. So here's the breakthrough. Um, uh, there's been many ways to try to accelerate cure, including uh, infrared radiation, uh, hmm. like the like the Denny's hamburger. You know, yeah, yeah. on the shelf. And that's a short wave um, uh, infrared that uh, uh, keeps things hot or heats them up, actually. And it heats the surface, really, and keeps the interior heat from escaping. So what, what's been developed now is a long wave radiation that, you know, just shortcut, works more like a microwave. Uh, let's say it's more like it heats the whole thing from the interior out and will cure nitrocellulose in a shorter period of time. It was ridiculously expensive technology, uh, but there's a guy that's developed this specifically for curing finishes. Um, and we've tested, 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 tested. And now I believe to the point of taking a big financial risk that this will work. And so we just had the, uh, all the stuff arrive on a, a pallet and boxes uh, yesterday, and we will be putting this together on Thursday. And what it promises to do is to take those uh, 60 guitars that are waiting in cure and be able to uh, cure them in a matter of, of hours. And most of that is handling. You know, the exposure time is minutes, but but hours to do that. And then we'd have a finish that is cured uh, hard enough to process buff and shine and have that stability. And we have the chance to to harvest that 60 guitars worth of cure. Now, that was a complicated uh, explanation, but imagine the breakthrough on that, right? Well, it's that almost is like we amazing. Had a, yeah, so we had a month's succinct? worth of work we had to do, and now we may eliminate that at a considerable cost, which has to be balanced, service the debt. Make sure everybody gets paid in the meantime, uh, and 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 hope we didn't overlook anything that would make it not work. Uh, and uh, I'm confident we we're, we're head- it, there's no compromise to the um, uh, to the processor to the guitar at all. It's not cheating. Um, it's kind of like. Uh, uh well i'm not going to go into an analogy here but uh, i'm not about the reason we're doing this so i don't have to compromise the quality of our guitars by changing from to cellulose so you can be sure right. it's not a shortcut at the expense of quality i'll show it to you so... when you come in
1: So this is literally, I mean, you're going to be able to spray a guitar and and three, four hours later, you're going to have a a cured finish?
2: Well, just because of the handling and the process, the coordination and the flow is probably going to take more like uh, two or three days uh, to, uh, you know, because what you do, would you you would spray, uh, cure from the exposure, long wave infrared, uh, sand level, spray again, do it, and you go through that process. And when you're done... Uh, it would be a matter of hours. So, yeah, we're probably going to save We're uh, um, probably down to, you know, uh, literally hours over a couple of days to do it.
1: That is amazing. And you retain all of the repairability and everything else. because Yeah,
2: mean... that's again, that's why we use nitrocellulose, because you can make it look new again if it's damaged. Our guitars are not disposable. You can't uh, throw it away when it, when it gets bumped. Uh, so this is also for our, our repairs. It's a dream come true because we can appry, apply nitro or a drop fill and cure it. And not, you know, right now we take a couple of weeks, you know, right. apply uh, sand, dry, sink, sand, apply, dry, sink over two weeks to do a repair. And now we should be able to do that within hours.
1: Wow that is very that's exciting news i was able a hobby <laughs> yeah. i remember i did a tour of the Larivet factory up in canada many years ago and really? they were spraying um the uv cured finish and i was amazed I, huh. that they had a, a turntable they would spray a guitar put it on this turntable rotated it. a guitar would come out the other side that was fully cured yeah by the time they sprayed the next guitar and put it on the turntable, that one they just put in was fully cured. And I was like, this is
2: amazing. And on the UPS but, track. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but then the reality of being able to touch it up or repair it or, mm-hmm. or almost anything else, uh, that reality was, uh, I just lost interest in it entirely. <laughs> well,
2: yeah. The, the, you know, this takes a, a a quick preface is like, you know, I, I, I'm I a huge fan of the cheapest guitars possible because it, it allows more people to more music and make the world a better place. So the people making inexpensive guitars, and this isn't Larivet, but uh, overseas, yep. do an invaluable service for humanity, right? Uh, so yep. the faster they can go, the better. Um, we, we are trying to do the same thing. Uh, and improving uh, a lot of all of, of humans through music, but we're also trying to give them the best possible tool in order to do that. And, that, and that we will not compromise, and so we can't grab these huge efficiencies. This is a super rare opportunity to take a big chunk out of time, not like five minutes, but, you know, uh, five weeks. Oh, yeah. No.
1: I mean, speaking for all humans, I will tell you, we are all incredibly impatient, especially when it comes to something like a new guitar. So, you know, <laughs> shaving those weak stop is, is that's yeah. big news. That's really exciting. Um, we'll look forward to that. Uh, actually, well. Maybe someday we'll get a tour of the shop and we'll get a chance to see it in action or something. Oh, you know, I we
2: we can we can always fit you in. And I want to say this in general, you know, because of COVID uh, to to work our schedules, we're doing a four-day, 10-hour week and we take Fridays off in general. It's a catch-up day. So coming in to visit the shop on a Friday or a Saturday when I'm available is possible. And uh, I would, it, it, you know, it, it carefully extend that invitation to everybody uh listening with the caveat that maybe i can't do it too so we're not we're not uh, nailed shut
1: yeah you can make it work as long as it it's not working or doesn't work or something Uh, yes got it it. as long as
2: my significant other okay
1: right 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 excellent um well i you know i think that we've taken a, a whole bunch of your time uh mr newman got called away here but uh I'll figure out if I can do as good a job as he is wrapping this all up. Um, Richard, it's just wonderful to talk to you again. It's wonderful to see you. You're looking good. I'm glad uh, to see you in the shop there. Um, your internet connection is so much better there than it was from home or wherever we were talking to you last.
2: <laughs> right. Well, it, with your patience, Tad, you, you may have this out, but let me fit, let me fit this in quickly here. Sure. We have a real uh, challenge in recruitment Um, Because the buzz is, uh, you know, with graduates from the school or people out there that somehow Santa Cruz is unlivable uh, that the cost of living is so absurd uh, that there's no way anybody could be here. And uh, uh, as, as we all know in our own hometown, uh, you don't come in as a tourist and pay the rack rate for everything. Uh, there's ways that Santa Cruz is livable and we've become masterful at trying to accommodate people in that regard. Um, it's a challenge, but making sure people get affordable places to live and that we can pay enough for people to live here. So for people that may have written this off because they don't think it's possible, let's talk. You know, let's talk about how it maybe that it could be, because we, you know, our 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 business here we pay everything from a very beginning wage for uh, people trying to learn how to build guitars to real grown up wages for people that do administrative and management work. So somewhere in between there, your skills could fit, and we can grow you into a position of security. So there's my commercial.
1: Well, I can't imagine anybody not wanting to work at Santa Cruz Guitars. If I were uh... Oh, 5, 10, 20, 30, 50 years younger, I'd be uh, giving you an application. Uh, as far as the housing goes, I think uh, that's a reality in all of California. I, I think it wouldn't matter where you moved. I think that people would have that same challenge in finding affordable housing. Well, isn't that to...
2: true? It's become, you know, any any uh, community, sizable community with a vital uh, university is suffering that, whether it's um, Austin, Boulder, Nashville, New Haven, Ann Arbor, all over the country. Yeah. And so uh, everybody's catching up with this. But you know what we have the advantage of? It's like the natural beauty and the quality of life here and the tolerance of people is on uh matched anywhere in the world so uh, yes we get yeah. what we pay for
1: absolutely no no complaints from me i i i'm not happy to spend the money it cost me to live here but i'm very happy to be here so good um, job we'll live with that. God,
2: great to hear from you now i i can't wait to, for you to uh, uh get together with me and tell me about what you're doing uh but i appreciate the chance to tell my story today
1: That sounds great. Well, yes, uh, I I, just as a as a closing out here, I'm I'm, we're doing our second gig Mm -hmm. indoors Um, and it's a large hall and uh, everybody is vaccinated. And I'm actually looking forward to doing this. (laughs) And I will also say, if anybody cares, uh, our tip jar is going to the Ukrainian relief effort. We as a band have decided that uh, they needed a whole lot more than us. So. um, I'm looking forward to that as well.
2: Your heart's in the right place. I'm proud to know you. All right. Good to talk to you, Richard. I'll look forward to
1: uh, Mr. Newman setting up another call with you. And uh, um, if you're ever up this way, I hope you'll stop by.
2: My pleasure on both counts. All right. Everything goes your way. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed this installment of the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. For more music-related fun, please join the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at scgcpf or santacruzguitarplayers.com. If you have any questions or possible podcast topics, please contact us. If you have a product or service that you feel would be of value to our listeners, please consider adding your support and keeping the coffee pot on. Contact us for more information. We ask that you hit the like, follow, bell, or bookmark buttons so we can keep you informed of upcoming podcast episodes. We hope you enjoyed Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Now it's time to go play your guitar.